We are officially recording. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Fuck it. We'll do it live. I'll write it. You read it. Fuck it. Fucking thing sucks. <laughs> Starts freaking out. I know. Uh, I love it. I love it. Um, you could also you don't have to be um you don't have to be any closer any oh, farther from the mic. Cool. It's kind of a new weird setup we got going on. So yeah, we have a new environment. Well, oh, welcome to Josh and Tyler talk movies. I'm Tyler and I am Josh. Um, it's been a couple. It's been about a little over a month now. That's our last one. Yeah. So we said we were gonna do like next week. We're doing Kira Kurosawa, and we did watch those movies like a week later. Um, and then we just didn't record because Tyler was moving and a lot of crazy shit. Um, so a lot of stuff unfolded. A lot of stuff unfolded. Our friendship went through a lot of ups and downs. Yes, we were. <laughs> we had we had that second act low point where we both had to separate from each mm-hmm. other, mm-hmm. and then we were like, you know, we never finished the Kurosawa podcast. It was like, you want to go one more time, Josh? That sounded like we were gonna fuck. So never mind. yeah. yeah that was also, really it sounded like this is gonna be like our last episode, but it's not. We, we got yeah, we got yeah. more after. Yeah, this. We, we got yeah we got more. I got I have a I have another one already planned. Right. It's, it, I'm next. I'm next uh, for yeah. I know for saying the I thing. I got it. I got it. And then I have an idea for one. Oh, yeah. We probably should turn off because this is my idea. A fan. Okay, yeah, you can get it. it's all good. I don't care if it stays on in the intro. Whatever. I'm turning off the fan. <laughs> I see Josh is fucking bad. <laughs> <laughs> No, um, yeah, so, uh, my, dis- my, tr- so we did Harry Potter the last time, right? That was the last one we did? Was Harry Potter? Uh, was Harry Potter? Or was it Tarkovsky? No, no, the last, no, no, no we, we did, yeah, we did. Tarkovsky did DCOM, um, yeah, yeah, and then what was after DCOM? We didn't do, did we do Harry Potter last? That feels so No, Harry Potter was last time for sure. Really? Mm-hmm. Dang, that feels, let me check. Tarkovsky, DCOM, oh, Panos Cosmatos, and then. Um, and then Harry Potter. Yep. Right? Yep. You're right. You are on the dot. Cool. And now so we're my, talking about Akira Kurosawa. Yeah. My last that was, my last recommendation was Panos Cosmatos. Tyler had mixed feelings on that one, so I hopefully rectified my choice with Akira Kurosawa. Oh, Akira Kurosawa is amazing. Yes, I would dare say he might be better than Panos Cosmatos. I'm just kidding. Uh, out, of, kidding. out of this one movie that you love and the other one that's like, oh, it's all right. It's fine. Yeah. No. It's all right. <laughs> no, no, he's, uh, he's a genius and he's sort of a, a cinema. Like, I've been, a lot of what I've been doing over quarantine, um, quarantine, I should be staying home more, uh, it's been watching a lot of, um, a lot of movies that I consider to be like cinematic blind spots, like movies that like classics that have been like, oh, these have been movies that I've heard about for years and I feel like I've seen them because I've heard them talked about so much. Yeah, you were mentioning that to me about like Fellini and stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of movies I feel like I've seen as a movie fan because people talk about them so much, but I've actually never watched. Fellini is a blind spot that I hope to get to um, later on. A little bit of a tease, even though it's not my next choice. but um, um, And uh, Kurosawa was a big one. And I think the reason I chose it was because I had just seen, right before I think we recorded the Harry Potter one, I had just seen Seven Samurai for the first time, and I absolutely loved it. I thought it was amazing. Um, I thought it was a movie that was daunting to watch for years because it was three and a half hours long, but it went right by, and it was incredible. Um, And then I said, well, let's do three Kurosawa movies. All the three are the samurai films. I still have not seen any of his non-samurai movies like High and Low or Akiru or uh, Dreams, but I chose three samurai films. Um... Technically, we can even talk about, like, probably 
we can we can also talk about uh, even Sanjuro. Well, that's what I was gonna get to. I chose now. three. We cho- I ch- I chose uh, Rashomon, which was fifty four. Fifty isn't the earliest one. That's the earliest. That's the earliest one. one. Yeah. Uh, then I chose somewhere in the middle, around late fifties, early sixties, which was Yojimbo. Yojimbo sixty. So okay, so I think it's fifty seven. Maybe fifty four sixty. It's either sixty. No, fifty four because fifty seven seven samurai. So fifty four was Rashomon. Uh, 50, uh, 60 was Yojimbo, and then I went kind of far ahead to one of his last films, which was Ran, because um, I wanted to see what the... Ran was 83, I think. 85. It's, it's 85. 85? Oh, no, it is 85. 85. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, and so I just wanted to kind of know like what the whole spectrum was and kind of love it, and it also came out around perfect time. We were playing uh, Sekiro, and we were also playing Ghost... I was playing Ghost of Tsushima, yes. too, so I was in very samurai mood. So, Samurais are so awesome. And they are awesome. I'm officially a samurai stan. All these things, like Hong Kong, like, act, kung fu movies and samurai shit, those are all things I feel like I should have been into as a little kid, because everyone else was, but I wasn't, and now that I'm an adult... Well, was everybody else really into it? Or well, in the way all kids are into, like, pirates and, like, cowboys yeah. and shit, like, but, like, or the way kids are into ninjas and stuff, but, like... I, now I totally get it, and now I'm like, damn, I wish I, I wish I watched these when I was younger because um, I loved all these movies, and I watched two more after this. Uh, I know you watched a couple different. Uh, you watched Sanjuro. I is, watched Sanjuro, and I watched. Um, fuck, I saw half of Throne of Blood. Okay, and I I know I watched one other one, and I don't remember which one it was. I watched Sanjuro and Throne of Blood. All both of them, uh, all, t- all, all, okay. all the way through, um, and I loved them. Um, Sandro is my least favorite of the bunch. Sandro is yeah, it's definitely the it's definitely worst out of it's the a, ones it's a it's a solid sequel, yeah. but it's my least favorite of the bunch. It's a sequel to Ojumbo. Uh but Throne of Blood was awesome. Throne of Blood is like the best, um, and I was just kind of curious, like, what was your experience watching all these movies? Well, I started off with Rashomon. Which was great, and I think it was actually a really good starter, because I think if I started off with Yojimbo or Ran, I would have thought, oh, he makes like these big, epic stories, but since I started with Rashomon, that's the smallest of the bunch, because Rashomon, uh, in case our audience does not know, is just about literally a murder that takes place, essentially. Do you guys want to get into Rashomon? Yeah, yeah, we can. Okay. Yeah, it basically just starts off, it's a murder that happens, and all three of these different people have different interpretations, and there's kind of like a big court case about it. Yeah. Sort of, I mean, the the Japanese culture of a court case, I don't know exactly what that would be called, if anything. And um, they break down this whole entire case doing different interpretations and figuring out exactly who did what, mm-hmm. who killed whoever, and what exactly happened, who lived and who died. Well, that's what's interesting about Rashomon to me, is that it's a... It's a I always I'm always into movies that are in a certain time period. Yeah. Like, uh, let's I'm trying to think of a like a Bone Tomahawk, for example. Yeah. You've ever seen that movie, have you? No, no, I've been recommended. But even or times. even like Hateful Eight, for example, which is a basically it takes both those movies take place in the old west, but they're not specifically traditional westerns. They're like it's the aesthetics of the west, but it's. It's really a it really deep down is a survival horror movie like Bone Tomahawk or it's a um, it's a murder mystery like Hateful Eight um, and what I love about Rashomon is that it's a you're right I, I kind of screwed up because I watched Yojimbo first and Yojimbo is like this awesome action movie you know yeah. basically with lots of comedy and um, Rashomon is much more of like a, a it's it's what's inter- it's it's basically a courtroom drama really at the end of the day 
but what the difference what makes it so fascinating is there are three participants in this murder one of which is the the what is he's a he's a he's is he a former samurai or is he a thief or is he a the main character the main character well, there's three. Well, the ma- three. the ma- the person who did there's the murder. The girl there's, that's married. The, well, the to girl is. Guy. Well, yes. There's yeah, the yeah. there's a married couple. There is a woman, uh, a man who. Um, there is somebody who, um, I believe, was a samurai. If I remember correctly, because they say they found something that was like a samurai's like hat or some shit. Yes, and that that was all it was. And is it the psycho dude? I think he was the samurai. I think he was a samurai. Well, well, keep in mind that we haven't seen. We don't. We haven't. We only. It's been. It's literally been about a month since I've seen Rashomon. So I apologize. This is. We are the least educated people doing a thing about. Yeah, we did not do this right after we watched. Rashomon came out in 1950. I apologize. Uh, A little bit of a uh, retcon there. the rape of a bride and the murder of a samurai husband from the perspective of a bandit. So the same husband was a samurai and the bandit. He was a bandit. Yeah. A traditional bandit. Um, that explains why the husband's so calm. Yes, yeah, so calm and, and, and dies with some dignity. In all three stories, basically, dies yeah. with some form of dignity. Um, and... <laughs> nice burp. Uh, basically what I makes... I trying to hide it. No, I, okay. I thought... You know, I wanted to say it. Fuck! Oh, goddamn. <laughs> um, what makes it really interesting, though, is that... Um, you you it's such as i think what i appreciated most about rashomon which was probably my least favorite of the three i recommended um not because it's a bad film but i think it's a very good early film from kurosawa mm-hmm. early in terms of what we saw there's much earlier films that he yeah. did but um in that it's very daring with its structure um and it's very character based and it's fascinating because it's it's what makes the movie so interesting is these three characters all testify the story of what happened but all from different perspectives and it's all about who's telling the truth do you have belief in anyone um you know is is true is there's is there no truth are all of them lying is someone you know and it's it's fascinating it's also a nice commentary about uh justice systems yes of course i really love how it shows off all these different interpretation and witnesses and things like that but mm-hmm. yet they all just have these like vastly different stories of course but they're all apparently telling in every story one of the other people is a, is the antagonist of the story yeah. um which is which is really fascinating um i want to get off the bat because the majority of the movies we saw i think except ran um unless i don't think he's in ran um but the majority of the films all star Toshiro Mifune. He's not in Ran. He's no. not in Ran at all. I don't good. Okay. So, good. Because yeah. because he looks so much different. When he was older. Like I was watching. Yeah. Um, he was in Spielberg's 1941. So I was like, oh shit, he's way way older. He looks totally different. Um, but Tashira Mifuni is, I would be incredible. Oh my god, that's like the biggest thing I took away from all these movies. I think is just how amazing Tashira yeah. Mifuni is. Like one of the best actors I've ever seen. Um, I apologize for that's my cuckoo clock. It goes off every hour. Uh, Tyler was looking at it like so disturbed. It is a nightmare for Christmas. Cuckoo clock. Uh, TM Disney, TM Disney Plus. I'm gonna laugh so hard if the noise from the cuckoo clock didn't even go through the mic. I would love it, and I, you just—you probably didn't. Let's be you real. just hear, you just hear like, oh, I'm sorry about the cuckoo yeah. clock, guys. Well, if you didn't hear it, sorry. Uh, anyway, <laughs> mm. but yeah, no, I think Tashiro Mifune is like a genius, and I think he has this just like unbridled like rage in his eyes that's just so like crazy like he, he just he's just you're immediately drawn to him when he enters a movie mm-hmm. and like this even in Rashomon when he's tied up giving his testimony 
he's just like he's like a caged animal. He's just like so cool. And then he goes to like Yojimbo and he plays like kind of more. So yeah, he's, like, but he still has this. You know, there's this deep down like he's amazing. And then there's um, we were watching. I was watching Seven Samurai. Have you watched Seven Samurai since we? did No, that, that was the last one on my list to watch. Seven Samurai has a scene where he goes off on the samurai that he's with for being almost pompous to these village people because the, they find out that the villagers um, in the past and during the war has killed samurai. Mm-hmm. They were on the opposite side. And um, and they start to, to doubt protecting the, the villagers. This is a spoiler. It happens around uh, mm-hmm. the hour of the movie. And uh, Shirmafuni gives this just monologue where he like screams at the camera. And it's like, for a performance in 1957, it's like so crazy and Mm -hmm. and like just you know and he just has so much anger and he's like you know you yes we yes they killed your people but you steal their women you get he tells this whole gives this whole fucking crazy speech and it's uh it's amazing and 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 ever since then i've just been amazed and i think in rashomon he's really really good and the way he plays the version of that character of the bandit um in each of the stories to fit the different person's perspective of him i think is Really impressive. Uh, yeah. Well, also the best part is that Rashomon fits entirely around it's being told as a story. Yeah. And these three people that are listening to it are all three people. Uh, is one of them a participant in the story? I'm trying to remember. Because I don't think all three of them are. No, one of them... Well, one of the early people that does it is the old man who discovers the body. Yeah. And so he gives a testimony of what he saw. But uh, yeah, it's all all three of them are surrounded around like surrounded around this place. Yes, that's like there's pouring rain around them. It's like yeah. flooding, and they're all just telling off the story of like what happened and like right. what is the truth of the situation. The old man I want to add is um, Takashi Shimura, who is an uh, amazing actor. Um, he's in I think pretty much all, except Rank because it came out in '85. He was an old man already. He was in all the um, Kurosawa movies we watched. Um, Pretty, pretty much all of them. And then he was the main star of Akiru, I understand. But I know him because he was uh, one of the main doctors in Godzilla. The original Godzilla. The original 1954 uh, Godzilla. Um, which is funny because a lot of... You see a lot of familiar faces from Godzilla movies. And Akira Kurosawa was meant to make a Godzilla make, film. Make a Godzilla yeah. film. And, and, and then it was... Both, all um, all of... Most of Kurosawa's films were produced by Toho, which produced Godzilla. Yeah. So... Um, it's just, that was, that was kind of cool. But, um, yeah, no, yeah, so he's the, he's not a participant, he's the one who finds the bodies. Um, and, uh, that's where the whole thing happens. Well, ends. I like how all three of the people in the beginning, or throughout the story... Are you talking are, about the murders or the people that we, like, the... The guys in the, the rain. Yes, yeah, yeah. Like, who are underneath this place, like, sheltering themselves. Mm-hmm. I like how they all have these completely different, uh, morals and different, like, type of, like, depictions of, like, what happened. Because not even, like, they, they're all talking to each other about the whole entire story and, like, whether or not they believe each other or believe the stories they're telling or, like, specifically the old man who found the thing, like, whether or not they believe him. But they all also have uh, all different, like, ideologies. Like, one Mm -hmm. of them has, like, this nihilistic behavior where he's like, oh, people just are gonna, like, you know, kill each other anyway. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like, he doesn't doesn't care that, like, the flood's, like, hurting people and stuff like that. One of them's, like, super religious and, like, believes, like, you know, like, like, like if you if you trust in God, like if you put forth God first, like maybe society. He believes like one of them believes like society's like crumbled right. to the ground, and then another one, which is visually like right represented by the yeah the pagoda they're in, is crumbled. Yeah, yeah, and the 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 whole flood outside is like just annihilating things and like the winds and stuff. And uh, uh, we should um, this whole story that that's being told and 
them hearing it and them believing certain things, not believing other things, and then some one one person even some of them even just dismissing things, like just like walking away. And then one of the guys, I think it's the guy who's even religious. He tries to kind of like, is it him who like tries to skew the story? Yes. And goes like, person, goes like, yeah. oh, I think I, I, well, this is, well, I know this is what happened. And then they're like, oh, you're just making that up because it's, that's. Yeah. It, it's funny uh, while you're talking about this, they, they almost act as audience avatars in that way. Yeah. Because there is this sense of like, you don't know who you're siding with in the argument. And they almost are debating it in the same way the audience is. And it reminds me a lot of... Um, have you ever seen Sidney Lumet's uh, 12 Angry Men? Yes, yeah. Well, you remember when, when we were first done with it, I had uh, we, we were talking on the phone, I think, and I, the, one of the first things I said, it was like, it just reminds me of like a, a, like a samurai story. It does. Like 12, 12 Angry, Angry Men. Men. It yeah. totally is. It's because you have... I mean, there's not 12, there's only three in that, those, the, yeah. those characters. But um, they're all... Um, they're all, uh, they all have a very different personality. One's religious, one's sort of, you know, has no opinion on the matter, is kind of nihilistic, and you're right, like, they're, they're, they are avatars in that sense. Um, I also love, too, um, uh, one, like, creative, this is why I think Kurosawa is so amazing, is just his creative choices, especially at, at an early, in one of his earlier movies, is you have um, the, when the characters, like, are testifying to the court, you know, you never see the judge or the court, and you never see, you never hear the voice of the judge. Like, characters will be, like, will be talking, and then they'll say, what was that? How did I find her? Well, and it's, like, almost as if the audience is, you are an active participant. You are the person mm-hmm. that they are, they are trying to convince you. They're trying to convince the person on... Yeah. And there's some interesting stuff, too. I mean, there is a... Strangely, there's a... Um, I like the arc that happens with the uh, priest. So like the guy who's like the, the worships God and he like believes like people. is it the old man? Um no no no, no it's, it's the, the bald guy, guy it's right? the guy it's the bald guy who's like uh, like believes that like society's like mm-hmm. crumbled around him and he believes that people are just like basically the reason why everything bad is happening mm-hmm. in the world and he dog Sorry. um no it's all good but um he believes that he has this arc that happens where. He goes from, you know, he's, like, he's like saying stuff about the story and saying, like, what, what the way to, like, interpret it and, like, the way, what to get from it. And he's basically talk, trying to shove in his idea of what yeah. it is, even if he has to, like, make up BS and, like, try and, like, like uh, fabricate his way through it. Right. And there's the part when, towards the very end, where they find the baby and that whole entire kind of, like, shifts the tide of everything. And Yeah, uh, what did you get out of that? Because that was the part of the movie that kind of, when that happened, I was sort of... Oh, they found the baby, and then the um, the bandit and him are both having an argument, and basically he admits that he's kind of like, you know, he's done bad things too, the priest has, like, he's also lied, he's done all this bad stuff. If I remember correctly, he, yeah, he's the one admitting to stuff, and the bandit's like, see, like, we're all the same and everything, and like, you know, and the priest kind of loses all of his, like, loses so much that, like, he has, like, invested in, like, humanity, like, believing in people and stuff, and there's a really great scene. It's kind of like the end of his whole arc. It's also the end of the movie. But it's the part when he has the he has the baby and he goes outside and the, the woodcutter wants to see the baby. Mm-hmm. I, I say woodcutter because that's what he's described on Wikipedia. But um, <laughs> uh, the woodcutter who's the old man that you're talking about, right. not the, the one who finds not the, the thief guy. The one who finds the bodies. The yeah, and he um, he has to see the baby mm-hmm. and the priest like doesn't want him to have a baby because like, he's like terrified of like humanity and doesn't 
and thinks they're all like horrible and right. stuff and he thinks that like he doesn't know what he's going to do with them like just take the baby out there or do whatever i mean the other guy literally left and like but basically like half the plan was just to like leave the baby yeah and it's like you don't know like what they're going to do but the woodcutter literally tells him he's like oh no i'm going to take it back home and like take care of the baby with like my whole family yeah and that was essentially the idea of it and that's kind of like his like his faith in humanity is still like rock solid even after throughout mm-hmm. the the whole entire film mm-hmm. and i I could say that that's probably um, a parallel to what the story represents. I, I have no idea, but um, I probably would also have to rewatch the movie a couple times to be able to kind of get more out of it. Yeah, because I do feel like knowing that baby thing at the end, you could probably like figure out, like wrap your head around like the whole idea of what it's meant to stand for. Right. And the I know that I know that the priest's faith is shaken and like his whole entire idea of like what his connection to humanity and like what he believes they're capable of and like how good they can be but now that's been like torn down by the bandit guy and how he's literally admitted to all of his flaws and like the things he's done but that whole entire baby situation kind of like restores that for him uh but i don't know in the course of the whole story how that really fits in in accordance to the whole everything else but i think of rewatching it it would probably make more sense i think it's i think it's about I think it ties in the sense about about trust. I think I think there's this idea that if I get what you're saying, I think. Well, the movie does literally one of the main themes is trust, so that's not like a no. I think I, th- I think it's I think it's this idea of like because doesn't the pr- the priest takes the baby at the end, right? Like the woodcutter takes the, the baby. Priest, woodcutter yeah. takes the baby. Sorry, I, I I believe so. I'll read it. No, no, no. It's it's sorry. I, it's been a while. Um, but I. Yeah, the woodcutter takes the baby. Yeah, the rain stops the moment he takes the baby. The rain. Uh, I think. Leaves. I think it's sort of a mentality of like, and and does, they let that happen, right? They let him take the baby. The priest does. The the bandit guy, I think, just leaves. If I remember, he doesn't. He doesn't want any part of it. The pri- Yeah, the priest. I think. Yeah, I think there's. Um, I think it's it's it, it you, it's it's I think it's a story about. Everyone might be lying to each other. But if we don't trust, everyone might be dangerous. But if we don't put trust in people, if we don't at least believe that there is good in people, then, like, what are we? You know, we can't be living in fear forever. That could actually match up pretty well with the idea of, like, all these different stories being told by people who see each other as the antagonist. Right. Like, you're a bad person. That's the same. Yeah, yeah. Every, yeah, you have to. Yeah, yeah. It's like you have to believe, like, these people are, like, telling at least an inch of their story is truth because, like, you have to believe that there is good in them in yeah. their story. Like, yeah. it's like, because they view you just as bad as you view them right. and all this stuff. Right. Except for that one crazy dude. That one dude that was just whack. Like, oh, like, yeah. Yeah, the one dude was, like, crazy. Who's That's right. The, the, he's one of the characters in the story. Yeah. Who's, like, who's, like, I, I want to watch people die. And <laughs> it's, yeah. like, what? Yeah. It's, like... I, I, um... I also want to say there's interesting. I think in the only other one I watched with any of this kind of stuff in it was uh, Throne of Blood. But there is some spiritual stuff in this. Weird, strangely, there's a moment of possession where um, I the, think there's even spiritual stuff in Ran. Well, spiritual in the sense I mean of, of literally spirits. Oh yeah, like yeah, literally, yeah, okay, like literally, because there's like possession at one point. Yeah. The the wife gets possessed by the dead samurai. Yeah, I think that was like a way of. I think that was supposed to be, like, an actual, like, courtship thing that they were willing to do, like, for, like, well, sorry, not courtship, but what they were willing to do, like, in the court to be able to, like, speak to the past yes. samurai, but I, I don't know exactly the um, the interpretation of, like, how, like, legit that is. Oh, I don't either, I, but yeah. I, I just found it interesting. Um, I thought it was, it was eerie, and I thought that scene where she kind of contorts and, like, 
Um, yeah, she's good. like, there's a great voice. Like, a, doesn't yeah. she like change her voice? Her voice changes to the man. Yeah. Um, is it cool if I move to Throne of Blood real quick? Yeah, you can talk a little bit about Throne of Blood. Unless you I don't have, I don't have a lot to say about it. I, I think, uh, uh yeah, oh, I have like a whole. I forgot I had like a whole note sheet for all these too. But um, I think the only thing I wrote about Throne of Blood. You didn't finish it. No, I said, "Damn, guys be simp over their girlfriends in these movies." <laughs> and then I said, "Girls be some hoes, man." <laughs> that was literally all I wrote. Cool. You and know, I, I frankly really don't remember a lot about the movie because I only watched. Well, it's a it's it. a retelling of Macbeth. Also, I was quite um, inebriated. Inebriated. They can hear you. Weed or alcohol. Inebriated. All right, we'll talk about this later. Um. <laughs> uh. Anyway. Um. Uh, Throne of Blood. <laughs> Throne of Blood, I think, is in my top three Kurosawa movies that I watched. Um, I don't know. It's hard. I, I, I'm debating where I put it. I think it's. I think it's right. I think it's number three. I think it's right below Seven Samurai. Um, but I loved it. I thought it was. Um, I thought it, it's basically it, Throne of Blood is uh, to know the plot. It's basically Macbeth. It's the Kurosawa's uh, reinterpretation of Macbeth, which is what he does with um, King Lear and Ran, which is the same plot. Um, but basically, it's all about um, this guy who um, is a soldier who comes back, a samurai who comes back from battle, and he gets everything he wants. Um, he becomes uh, a leader of a of a battalion. He becomes a, basically a lord of a castle and. Um, over the course of the story, he is pushed and he wants more power. He uh, And he, he marries a woman who um, is basically a Lady Macbeth figure who sort of pushes him into doing more self-destructive um, things to get power and this desire for power and desire for pleasing her. Uh, it makes him lose his friends and eventually, spoiler alert, makes him lose his life. But it is, um, it is utterly fantastic. It, it is dripping with like atmosphere that i think is so almost horror movie level there is a scene that is horrifying in the very beginning when they meet the spirit in the woods and this is uh right after that i turned it off it was (laughs) it's like the open it's like the first five minutes of the movie yeah it felt like 30 well yeah when you're inebriated i bet it did (laughs) him and his buddy run into and there's a there's this uh person in the woods that um I believe it's a man, but it, it, long hair, long white hair, and it is freaky. And, and he's uh, and it's spinning yarn, and it tells him the story about um, what's going to happen to him. And he goes, "Oh, you're full of shit. That's not going to happen." Uh, that's a direct line. That's oh yeah, and then the movie starts off with like everything actually coming to fruition. Yeah, it starts, starts yeah. fish because he becomes the leader. I did see that. I did see them actually like getting yeah right. Okay, I have that. And then his friendship that he has with the guy starts to lose over the time. Yeah, because don't they have to like one of them has to like kill the other one or something? In the and within the prophecy of the story, right? Well, he he is basically talked to by his wife, the Lady Macbeth character, like, "Oh, kill the king." So yes, yeah, so that means these things will actually these happen, actually happen. Yeah. and slowly it starts to happen. And but the spirit warns him, like, "Oh, this will be your doom, though." And it it just gets really great, and uh, it features. But they're also like simultaneously trying to get everything while preventing their own doom. Uh, he's school, yeah. he's trying to he's trying to prevent his own death, but 
as the story goes on, you realize there is an inevitability to what's happening, yeah. to his self-destructive nature. It's really great. And uh, Toshiro Mifune, as always, is incredible. Um, he's, again, kind of crazy-eyed. And uh, The scene, though, that, that it's probably most remembered for is, which, and it is probably one of the greatest scenes I've ever seen in a movie, um, is when um, his own people turn on him. Spoilers. I'm just going to spoil the end. Uh, turns on him at the end, and they shoot arrows at him. And can I tell you? I mean, like, I already heard of it. So. Oh. Fuck. It's really cool. <laughs> it's really cool. <laughs> yeah, can like I say? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean it's basically, like, I looked at it, I, I genuinely think, like, the ending of Scarface is based off the ending of Throne of Blood. Because they just keep shooting arrows. It's like, I think in the, the I watched the behind the scenes thing, I think, like, 800 arrows or something were fired for this scene. And he just keeps trying to run, and all these arrows, <laughs> and he gets, like, shot in the arm shot in the leg he's like dying he's like ah trying to get away and shimifu is so great he's just like screaming as he's like yeah. he's basically tony montana the other scarface he's like yeah. oh, fuck it motherfucker like, <laughs> and um he's like screaming is that what he says he's saying you motherfuckers <laughs> yeah he does he, he's, he talks in english all of a sudden um and then um and then there's just this effect of an arrow going right through his neck and it's like for a movie in 1954 it's like holy uh, crap it's like and it just ends it's crazy uh, but it's awesome, and uh, I I know I spoiled the movie, but there's a whole other movie around it that's great. Well, yeah, and I mean, I'll be honest, I'm not too worried about being spoiled about that movie, just because I mean, it is like a prophecy. Like, and they kind of tell what happens, happen. yeah. yeah they, it's they, just the, the way it gets there is great. What happens? But it's uh, I loved it. I I want I want you to finish it. It's really really good. Um, but let's move on to. Um... I want to clarify something with Rashomon because I was reading my notes about mm-hmm. it. Um, the bandit guy constantly says that like you know everybody in their lives does bad things. Everybody in their lives is like a liar to some degree like you all like over exaggerate things lie about things and i remember when i was seeing it towards the ending he's basically right but he's just the only person in the whole group that's not willing to learn anything from anybody else mm. whereas like all these people who are like running this court case and the people who are like all talking about the story yeah they're all like willing to like learn more from one another and like mm. you know get more from one another but he's the only one that's like so stubborn and thick-headed and even though he does have, like, something right about what he's saying, mm-hmm. like, everybody is over-exaggerating to some degree. Everybody is pointing fingers. It's like, and not everybody, nobody in the situation is necessarily right. Mm. Everyone has to, like, get things from each other to be able to figure out the big picture, which is just, like, 12 Angry Men. Yeah. And I love how, like, the priest and the woodcutter are the ones that kind of get stuff from one another yeah. about it. And then the, the, the bandit guy, he doesn't get anything from anybody, but he is kind of right still, yeah. which is kind of hilarious. Yeah. And no, so right. But, that's um, interesting. Uh, yeah. Do you want to move on to Yojimbo? Yeah, we can move on to Yojimbo. You want to explain the plot of Yojimbo? Yes, Yojimbo is a very simple. It's a it's a simple, basically just a western. It's it's every Clint Eastwood man with no name movie is basically based on Yojimbo. Yeah, the structure of Yojimbo. Yojimbo is about a Ronin, which is a samurai who has uh, has no cause essentially. Like he doesn't he doesn't work for anybody. He doesn't the Mandalorian. He has no loyalty to anybody. We'll say the that. Mandalorian. Yeah, the Mandalorian. It's based on Yojimbo. It is. Wait, really? Wait, Star Wars has basis in samurai films and westerns? When, when Ryan Johnson says, I, I have references to Kira Kira, I'll be like, who's that? Who's and that? Like, They're like, oh, I only reference Star Wars movies. It's, it's not like the original Star Wars was based off of Kira Kurosawa films. <laughs> so stupid. Um, but yes, Yojimbo has to do with this Ronin 
who's wandering the lands just finding something. You know, just finding like a job, you know, who cares? Like he's not he's not really looking for anything in particular. And he enters in a, into a town that basically has two factions yeah. that are both kind of like against each other and kind of like butting heads and he decides to play flip-flop kind of with each one of them <laughs> yeah. and he's kind of trying to figure out which one he wants to go for or he's just messing around with them. You never really like fully get like the the biggest picture of it. But you start to get a bigger picture as the film goes on when you figure out that, um, I forget if it's one or both of the factions, but they're actually harming people, essentially. Well, the one faction, the the guy, the one run by the younger guy with the gun, yeah. with the pistol, that's when he starts to realize that they're tearing families apart. Yeah, and the coffin maker, who's a guy who's like one of his buddies, he like constantly sticks to, he's actually one of my favorite parts about the movie, he... He basically started really trying to push him to be like, dude, you need to do something. Like, you need to do something about this. And the guy's like, oh, I'm just trying to get paid on both sides, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of like, you know, like, I, like he may or may not do something. It's kind of like, you know, like not really thought of. But then the moment he sees that they start separating families, and the, it's kind of almost like he's like, he feels like he's like letting them do it. Like he's been just drawing this on. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's that one part where I think it really gets to him, where he, um, he sees the, uh, he sees the. I think it's like a daughter or wife being taken by the other faction. Yes, it's the it's the wife. They're like trading people, and you see the child of the. Yeah. It's a mother and a yeah. Yeah, and they're like trading people, and the moment he sees that, it's like, it's a kind of a redemption story after that because rather than making any money, which I think was his original intention, was mm-hmm. just to make money off these people because he doesn't have any loyalty. Because like, he, he keeps flip flopping to get money from both yeah. of them. Yeah, and he's he doesn't have any really loyalty yeah. to this town or anybody. And I think the moment he sees that, he realizes, like, this is... I'm letting this happen. Yeah. Like, this is something that And then I he gets stop. involved. And, then he, and keeps... then he gets involved, and he starts to actually like, do the right thing. And it's this redemption story about a person who sees, like, the effects that he can have if he just lets these things keep on happening. Or the effect he can have if he actually does something. Oh, yeah. It's it's very simple. I mean, that that storyline is, is... It's, it's been it's, done to death now. Oh, it's Man point. With No Name. It's The Mandalorian. It's Max Rokotansky in every Mad Max movie. Um... Basically, that that I mean, other than the first one, um, but it's that's just a very it's uh, Ash in Army of Darkness. Um, it's very like similar. That's a story that's been told. Um, but this movie's just fucking awesome. Like, I, oh, this movie's amazing. It's fucking awesome. It's um, it's it's just so. Um, I I love simple. I love simple, smart action movies. And although the action in this isn't necessarily like, big and dramatic, it's really well done. And uh, Tashir Mifune is just such a cool character as Yojimbo as well he calls himself Yojimbo um but he has no name it's the same thing with man with no name which is why he calls himself Sinjuro in the second movie um what does Yojimbo mean again do you look that up Yojimbo is what he says when he um but uh, it's a, it's a name of a flower or something isn't it yes yes okay oh yeah so Cause that's because they yeah. ask him his name and he does the thing where he looks around and he's like oh and then yeah so the name of the flower is actually I believe Sanjiro which is why the second movie is called that well I know but he does, says yeah. something else in there that was that's what the meaning of Yojimbo is it has to do with like him looking out at like a field I think it might be the name of a field to be I honest. think maybe that's it yeah and uh so the first movie is called Yojimbo and the second movie is called Sanjiro yeah um I do like to point out extending on like the the redemption stuff I, I was reading my notes that's what I was looking at the um there's a whole entire segment in the film, like, where we talk about how he's just making money off of both these groups, 
And he's kind of just doing this whole entire pure selfishness where he's actually, like, egging them on to hate each oh, other. Oh, he's... He finds it fucking hilarious. Yeah, he yeah, finds and, it, and, he entertains like, they're, ter- they're terrible people, and it's, like, fine for him to be doing that, I guess, but, like, he's trying to make money off... He's, he's doing it out of a pure selfish motive of making money, mm-hmm. and then he starts to see that, like, the effect of him, like, getting the hate each other so much is actually affecting this town that he's in. That's just th- full of innocent people. I agree. I think it's one of the f- funniest... Curious how movies I've watched though too. Oh, it is the the, the caricatures of people is just like like they're going crazy. Every, everyone is meant to like the bandits are meant to be so stupid, mm-hmm. and and I love how that's kind of referenced in the beginning because the beginning that they he walks past a house and the sun leaves, yeah. and he's like, "You're not going to be a farmer." It's kind of like a old versus youth type of yeah. thing. Like the old people see. The, is this when the, he slices the guys? Um, no, the, the very very beginning when he sees the when he sees the kid leave the old couple's house. Oh, that's right. And the parents are like, parents are like, you just you you don't want to be a farmer. He's like, I don't want to be a farmer. Like I can go out and make more money someplace else. And they're just like, you're just gonna go work for like those bandits, like those yeah. idiots and those thieves and stuff. And I love how like the way they describe them, like the way these older couples describe like these like youthful thieves and these youthful bandits is literally like morons, and they're actually just morons. Yeah, they're, they're actually totally really idiots. I mean, there's one guy who's literally like. An ape. I mean, there's one guy who's like, he massive. Yeah, there's one guy, yeah. Like, fucking, like... That one guy with the... Does he have, like, a hammer? Yeah, he's got, like, huge. He's tall. He's massive, yeah. And, um... He's, yeah. That's insane. That guy's, like, seven foot. I know. He's he's in other... He's been in a couple other Kurosawa movies, too. And he's just such a... He looks like a... He looks like a Jaws from James Bond. Yeah. Yeah, Just a big, tall guy. Um... There's also the other guy who's like the chubbier dude who's got, like... He's got, like... Oh, yeah. Obviously has, The one they fuck with when he's hiding in the... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's like scenes where like, he'll just be hiding in, like a barrel and they'll just never he'll check. He'll never it. check because they're so stupid. <laughs> um, but that's what's great. I mean, and, and I love too, there's the part where he kind of walks past them and they think he's an asshole. Like when he first walks in and the bandits kind of fu- are stupid enough to start a fight with him. Yeah. And he just, it's just so great. He Shimmer wipes three. them out. He just fucking like and chops one dude's arm off. Yeah. And it's so awesome. And then it's the like, both factions are now like, we want that. Yeah, we guy. want that guy. And but what's so great, I was gonna say about we talk about the comedy of it, like how much joy, like the some of the best of the movie is um, Yo Jimbo getting just, just it's so entertained by the 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 rivalry and loves egging them on because it's like what it's just he's just a drifter and this is just funny to him. And there's the scene where he, um, the two factions are like debating who's gonna draw first blood, and they're like big group of people, two groups mm-hmm. of people, guy, and he just like chooses to sit on top of a tower yeah, and just sit them. and watches and just laughing and it's like well it's just so great and Tishuma Funi plays it so wonderfully yeah he's so charismatic so charismatic he's so good um but then when the movie does take that hard left yeah where it's like he actually has to do something because now he's the, yeah he's the, been just stalling and yeah the people, people are really hurting and, and the, 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 the he realized the bandits are are playing dirty in this fight and that one the guy has a gun the one is and the, the fact that they're they're like, the real training changing point is that um the they're they're forcing the people to exchange people for them um, yeah. say give them women and um i love the scene though when he sit when he because he does it in both movies which i love it's just he he tells the bandits which is kind of confusing the audience at first after everything he's told he's like i made up my mind and he goes to the bandits he says i'll join your side after all this horrible things the bandits yeah. did you're like what the fuck and then he's like i'll guard the woman while you guys go and the family that has been separated. And then while they're gone, he just... He wipes out Wipes guys. out all the guys in there, saves the girl, tells them, like, get the hell out of here. And they're like, thank you, thank you, thank you. And he's like, go, go, go. And he tells and then while they're gone, he wrecks the uh, the entire um, barn and then makes himself look hurt. And he's like, oh, they came in and they stole the, you yeah. know, the, and it's just so great. Like, he, he totally, uh, yeah, he totally, like, 
it, it, he just totally plays both sides, even when he's officially chosen the side. And it's so awesome. And then um, it all culminates in a final battle that's just great. It's, it's also just so interesting that it has this... Uh, it has almost like a... Um, like a, like the idea of like a, like feeling powerful versus helping people. Yes. Because there's, there's scenes where like he saves that one family... And they all leave, and they even, like, write him letters, and, like, he doesn't want to read them. He's like, I don't want to read those letters. Like, I don't want to see those. Mm-hmm. Like, the guy's like, the guy's like, oh, that family wrote you a letter and everything, and he's like, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. And, like, he doesn't want to see it at all. Because, like, it, it, he he loves this idea of, like, pinning these people against each other, and everything's being caused by him. And it's almost like, because he knows he's better than all these people. Yes. Like, he knows he's more powerful than all of them. But he could be using that to actually help people, and that's when he starts to realize that's what he should be doing. Yeah. But then simultaneously, while he's doing it, he doesn't almost want to acknowledge he's doing it. He still wants to be like, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, you know, yeah, playing them like fools. They're a bunch of idiots. And yeah, it's, it's so great. And, and um, yeah, I, I love the fact that, um, yeah, yeah, I, I love the fact that he basically, um learns empathy throughout the story like that's basically the entire the entire journey he goes from being this like almighty powerful samurai figure who can like just who's so is who's who's whose skills are so indispensable that a whole faction two groups of factions are fighting just for him like they know he could turn the tide of the entire thing he has such like a powerful stance over all of them but then he sees like the effects it's having on these families in this town yeah i gotta help them it's great uh and I also, I was going to say, too, one of the things uh, I really admire about Kurosawa, and this is in all of his movies, is the way the the action is filmed. Because it's not flashy, but there's something so... And I can see some people saying, like, oh, it's not, like, modern-day realistic. But there's something about it that feels realistic to me in the sense that I feel like if you went back to, like, feudal Japan and you saw a samurai fight, it would be either, A, very quick, you know, be very quick slashes, yeah. or... It, Sometimes the samurais, when they fight in these movies, it's not like in Ghost of Tsushima or something where it's very clean and very, like, you know, like Matrixy. It's like, it's very just kind of hacking and slashing, like yeah. running and, you know, with the, the sword out in the air, just kind of like hoping that you hit. And yeah. um, I think there's something really neat about that. And I, I really like the I also f- like the tameness with blood. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 and he, when he needs it, he uses it. Oh my god, there's one scene in Sanjuro where he fucking uses it. <laughs> Yeah, but, um, there's parts in Ran too. There's parts, oh yeah, there's, there's, there's that, that one like. Final oh, I was gonna get into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, there's one in Ran that's so one of those coolest <laughs> shots <It's> like, ever. <laughs> oh my god, it's so cool. Um, but yeah, and, and but it 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 sometimes somehow it works somehow just rather. I think than the a, clean. I think the idea that like when you swipe a sword at somebody at such like a speed, it's that they're like there's this mentality behind like would it just like be gallons of blood yeah, just shooting out? Like, would it just really be like this like. Like fast, quick swoop, yeah, and just fall over, and then they would start bleeding. Yeah, it's interesting because I love, I love to like even the sound effects, like when they unsheath the swords, which is so realistic. If you unsheath the sword, it's not shing; it's like nothing. Like if you, it you just hear, feels, it sounds like pla- like something yeah, just moving over. Yeah, it's plastic, and, and plastic. then it's just and you just hear them like when it cuts. It's not like it's like a. It just sounds like like, like kind of like a little wind. Hit. Yeah, and it's, it's 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 I don't know. I just, I find it really interesting, and it feel it's still it still is very effective. I love Kurosawa fights because they're they're memorable, but they're so quick because they're like if, if the guy is sealed, it's just like done in a second. Um, and and I love the final fight in Yojimbo. And um, yeah, I just think I just think this movie's really. I think oh, it's, it's pretty perfect. I think yeah. it's pretty perfect. It, I was looking up a lot of stuff about it. It's based off of uh, apparently very loosely based off of a book mm. because the um, because the idea of like the two factions fighting apparently came from a book, like an old old book. 
that uh, that he really liked, uh, but it's not like direct copy. It's just homage to it, mm-hmm. pretty much. And um, also, there's a. Um, I like how Fistful of Dollars they basically sued them for taking the whole idea and because it's paid. And uh, well, now they get sued so many movies and TV yeah. shows like um, that character. There's so. a. Um, I want to talk about the guy with the gun. Yeah, the main yeah, the main bad guy. Uh, there's a interesting. There's a lot of there's. Doesn't there's he a, come back from the West? Isn't that why he has a gun? Yeah. Well, that's what I wanted to bring. There's up. a lot of uh, there's a lot of youth and old. Yeah. It's like youth versus old, and like the samurai who's now a ronin who has no cause, and he's like the kind almost of almost disenfranchised. Yeah, yeah, he's like a forty like forty something year old man. Right. He's like this old like samurai who's like you know he's, he's like Luke Skywalker in Last Jedi. I said it. <laughs> he's like it makes he's, sense. <laughs> he's like this person who's part of a past generation now yeah. you got this guy coming in with a gun he's like oh i can just wipe out people and once he like brags about it constantly he's like he's shooting like, in the air and yeah, like, he's like oh, i could just i could just knock out anybody whenever i want i don't even need to I, but then he fucking beats him with the gun at the end it's so badass yeah and there's a there's a great line where people talk about like they're like they're like which one is better like when people had to work like years to be able to master the art of a sword and be able to learn how to kill somebody and learn how to fight back or just somebody who knows how to pull a trigger and point where they're point where they're yeah. shooting. It's like and they can just kill people. And there's a amazing scene. I want to. I'm a quote. We were talking about Roger e, Roger Ebert earlier, and there's a great Roger Ebert quote about Yojimbo because I read his whole he review. Loves, yeah, he loved Corsa. Um, there's a final. It's actually like I think his final line of his whole review. He says he says because uh, there's a part where after Yojimbo beats or Sanjiro, whatever you want to call him, and after he beats the um, the guy with the gun, and the guy has no ammo, and he lifts it up and he like, points at him. And he just doesn't do anything. He just lets him point it at him, and then he clicks on it, and it's out of ammo. And uh, and so then cool. he just dies. And uh, the, that whole scene, um, Roger Ebert said, he's like, I don't know if this is a bit of a stretch. And he said, but what I got from that was that Yojimbo, or Sanjuro, whatever you want to call him, has, has accepted that his generation has died, and that if this is his time to go, it's his time to go. And so he, lets yeah, he just the, lets him do it's it. It's like the new youth pointing the barrel of the gun right at you, and he's just like accepting it. Like he's like, if I die right now, my generation's gone. It's okay. And he also saved the town too, like, like practically. Ready. Yeah, he's like, I'm ready to leave. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think that's a really good way to put it, and I think it's a great way to be towards the end of the movie because it's like he's just accepted everything yeah. that he's done. I loved it. I also, um, yeah, I was... we should probably extend to talk about a bit about uh, Sanjuro, by the way, and then talk. Well, about I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. yeah, I was gonna say. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't have much to say about Sinjuro. So Sinjuro can be quick, but I um, did want to say that uh, I I, I want to know what you thought of the old man walking out with the knife and killing the other guy at the very end. Do you remember this? There was like the old man comes out after the fight is over, and he goes to the butcher knife and murders another old man in the. That's a guy from earlier. Yeah. I don't... I'm trying to remember... It was just such I, a haunting image. He uh, walks I'm out, a, he's, like, laughing, and he's covered in blood. And it's kind of like, whoa. You know? Just kind of... Um... Duh! You're um, good, you're good. If you have nothing to say about it, it's okay. I'm, just I'm trying to see if I wrote anything, because I definitely couldn't... Let me... Do you think when he says, see you around... Every time he leaves, I think that's his final line in both movies when he leaves. Do you think um, that Last Jedi is right? I do. I, I see you around, kid. I, I legitimately think see you around, kid, since it's Luke's final line. Mine is, yeah, meant to be a Yojimbo reference. Yeah. That's cool. That's yeah. dope. Dope. That's lame. That's lame. He, di- he shouldn't have died like that. Duh! <laughs>
<laughs> like, well, have you, if you've seen Yo Jimbo, like, what's that? What's Yo Jimbo? I don't, I don't know foreign movies. What's that? Um. I love the score too. I love Yo Jimbo's theme. It's like, dun, 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 dun. it's like really percussive. It's really cool. It's okay if you don't have anything to say. I was just curious. Yeah, I don't quite remember. I remember he's the drummer guy. Yes. Who hits the thing in the middle of the movie and also in the beginning. And, uh, and then he comes out and he's just kind of wacko. Mm-hmm. But I think there's like a thing about him being kind of like... Like... like I, I don't know. I don't quite remember. I know that the I know that the setup for the town's great because the dog runs out with the hand in his mouth. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a great shot. Um, yeah. No, it's a great movie. I, I did want to say a little trivia... Well, fun fact, well, cinema fun fact about Yojimbo, Francis Ford Coppola's dog, according to Sofia Coppola's daughter, uh, was named Yojimbo because he was such a big Kira Kurosawa fan. That's awesome. Yep. It's so a great dog name. That's a great dog name. Yeah. Yojimbo is a great dog name. Yojimbo. 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 Here, Yojimbo. It's a great dog name. And I'd give it like a. Except a fake his name hand. is actually Sanjuro, so it's kind of dumb that they would call him Yojimbo. Oh my god. Um. So yeah, no, uh, Sanjuro, I don't have much to say. Um, I did, it personally, was my least favorite Kurosawa movie I watched. I thought it dragged. I saw some really good scenes. Has some amazing scenes. I think it's a great sequel. I think it's a good second part. Um, but I almost feel like everything that needed to be said about that character was said in the first movie. Um. Yeah, it's more of so just like a rehash. Yeah, it's very rehash. It it, it hits a lot of the same beats. Like, people, people have tried to say, like, in defense of it. Some people think it's like their favorite Kurosawa. Yeah. Some, uh, people, people have tried to say in defense of it that it's about this guy redeeming himself and the second movie has to do with him becoming a leader again, mm. becoming like a samurai leader. Like That's now, fair. He definitely now does. He's he's in charge of like twelve other samurai. Yeah, because he's yeah because he's not. It's not like he's helping a helpless town anymore. He's helping a. Like, so is a it this like the completion yeah. of his arc? Now he's leading like That's twelve fair. other samurai, and I enjoy it. My defense has always been that I, I find like the the people like the coffin maker, the two factions, the 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 imbecile characters, the all um, great characters on their yeah, own, like. I think they're so memorable, mm-hmm. and I think they're so easy to identify, and I always talk about how all 12 Samurai have the same exact haircut, <laughs> and it's like, oh my god, I can't... And there's no personality to really yeah. any of them. There's the main bad guy, who still, I don't think, holds a candle to um, the villain in the first one. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean, it, it's... It's still got some good action, it's there's some really stuff. good setups and payoffs... Like, especially with, like, the rose petal things. That's really cool. That yeah. was a great one. And then there's that one scene with all the blood. <laughs> that was awesome. That, was that like... felt very Kill Bill. That felt, like, very Tarantino. Very, Tarantino's probably very inspired by Kurosawa, which makes sense. Everyone was, but uh, that felt very... Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I don't much and to say about The ending is pretty much exactly the same. He, says, he see walks off. Yep. He says, see you around. He does, he does the same thing. The clan he... invites him to join him, and he's just like, nope. He I'm does out. the same thing in uh, the, around the midpoint of the movie where he tricks the other... Um, people into thinking he's on their side and then he wipes them all out and it's 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 like the greatest hits of yojimbo it's good i i just i don't i don't think it's nearly there's as... technically a third one but i never saw that yeah is zatoichi meets yojimbo yeah yeah i want to watch that um it's not kurosawa but uh zatoichi i think you'd really like zatoichi um well zatoichi i was looking into it and he's like, another, like samurai yeah and i was Three like there are like 25 movies they like... have you seen that box that the criterion's released no, it's massive. It's like I thought that the I thought they would do a credit. Did they just recently do one? Uh, a few years ago. Few years but ago, I yeah. remember I had a friend on campus. This was maybe a year ago, maybe a little more than that. Uh, it was yeah, it was my junior year of college. I um, 
was really I wanted to watch them, and my friend just was like, "Here, I have." We kept we kept telling me about them. He's like, "They're really cool," yeah. and so he gave me the first two discs he had, which were one, two, three, four on both discs. So I think I watched three, maybe three and a half. I don't remember watching the entire fourth one, um, but the first two are black and white, and then once you get to three, it's in color. Um, and some are better than others. Some are more schlockier. It's like Bond. It's like you know. yeah. Well, I would assume. I mean, it's got like thirty movies. The first one's a great movie. The first one's like wonderful. The first one's the only one I truly remember off the top of my head. But uh, I really loved. I really liked it. It's basically about blind swordsman who's a very similar to Jim, but he just kind of he's much more peaceful though. He's more of a because he's a masseuse. He's not even a samurai. He's a masseuse who happens to kick ass, and he's just going across town. He just keeps walk, wandering in different towns, and um, but apparently, but in the series, he would sometimes run into famous samurai characters throughout uh, Japanese cinema, and apparently he runs into Yojimbo, played by Toshiro Mifune, so I really want to watch that now. I mean, it's not one of those things where you need to watch the other movies, you can just kind of jump right yeah, into well, it. Yeah, well, I mean, I would... I would watch, maybe, watch, maybe watch the first two Zatoichis and then go right into it. Zatoichi meets Yojimbo, I don't think it's... <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, yeah, but I, 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 that it's sounds like Frankenstein dope. Frankenstein meets the, the Wolfman. Wolf yeah, King Kong vs. <laughs> Godzilla. I, I think it sounds dope, um, so I, I want to watch it, but um, yeah. We that's can only... talk about Josh's favorite... Are we skip? Well, hold on. Do we, we skip anything? No, we had three. Oh yeah, because I already we were, wow, we're already at the end. Of the last one. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, to be honest, we probably would have more to talk about if we recorded this right after. Yeah, I apologize. Yeah, I apologize. We're kind of we're kind of reaching for this one, but we promised you a Kira Kurosawa episode, and God damn it, we're giving you an. We're Akira. giving it to the five fans who are listening. Thank you guys. Remember that part in Bill and Ted Face the Music? We saw we watched Bill and Ted Face the Music, by the way. Which was oh yeah, side Bill we're, and Ted. We're right big now. Bill and Ted fans, and it was great. It was so good. It was everything I wanted it to be. Um, but you remember that part where he's like, think of our fans, Ted. And he goes, well, Jimmy and Bear be okay. <laughs> <laughs> and we haven't heard from Judy in, in several years. Yeah, I funny. love it. That's like our fan base. Like yeah. Three yeah, people. Got my girlfriend and maybe my parents sometimes, and then yeah. some of your coworkers. Yeah, there's a couple of workers yeah. that listen to it. Yeah. Cool. Um, uh, Ran. Um, we're jumping way ahead. So there's a ton. Let me make clear. There's tons of movies between this period that I have not seen. Uh, from Chris Kurosawa. Yeah. Um, but this is one of his last movies. It's not his last movie, but it's considered his kind of his last great epic. It's definitely his last epic of yeah, the scale, sure, yeah. very sa- in the sense of it's as big as like Seven Samurai or Throne of Blood. Um, and I'll, I'll explain the plot if that's okay. It's one of my. I th- Go I, for it. I think this is honestly one of my favorite movies of all time. Like, I have been thinking about it so much since I watched it, um, and I want to rewatch it. I want Criterion to release it so bad. Because the version you can get we watch on iTunes is like crappy quality, and it's not crappy quality. It's HD yeah. technically, but it's not restored. And I just—it's so beautiful. It deserves to get a perfect release, and I hope Criterion does it soon. Um, but it is basically about a uh, king. It's the story of King Lear. Um, A—is it an emperor? Do they call him an emperor. He's an emperor. Yeah, yeah. He's well. He's—they call him Lord. A lord. Emperor, yeah. He—he's he, um, a man of great power. Um, and he chooses to step, step down his power. He has three sons, two of which are very loyal to him. Three, well, all three of them mm-hmm. are love him. Uh, are, but one of them seems to be the trouble child. He seems to be the one who's much more... Um, he basically says, look, I am stepping down, but I want my oldest to take care of... to, to be the my successor. And I want... Um, my other the other son to be the person just below him, and then my youngest son to be the person who uh, takes care of a certain temple. And um, 
the youngest son laughs at his father and basically says, "You're just doing this because they kiss your ass." They 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 basically are, are just saying nice things to get the power that you have. And he's so infuriated by this that his son would talk out of line and say this to him that he banishes his son, his youngest son. Um, after and and gives the power to the two sons. And what happens is. Once he leaves, he realizes he hates not having power. And the two sons begin to overthrow their father, essentially. They essentially begin to say, you have no power, you've given me the power. And they, it, it just proves the point, as the movie goes on, that um, they were just blowing smoke up his ass. And they were just being... Um, they, were, they were just giving him niceties to, to be power to have power um and it they basically it leaves him um abandoned it leaves his forces killed by his own son's forces um there's twists where you know familiar the brothers begin to backstab each other um and the and, and, and you know the entire empire goes into chaos um and it is the son that gave him the tough love the son that uh, was who did question him was the one who really loved him and the one who really had a, a plan for the future of of the the kingdoms the kingdoms yeah. and but really and that's a really long winded detailed plot yeah. I apologize I'm more rambling but really what it is about is about age it's about regret it's about um, yeah, what happens to your what's your legacy um, who are you leaving your legacy to or do they do they have your interests in mind I mean do and really it's about um, Really, at the end, it, the story—it's basically a really depressing story about hope lost in a in a hellish war, you know, world at war. Um, and it's beautiful, it's stunning, it's um, Shakespearean, obviously. And I, I just think it's, it's, I think it's amazing. But. Yeah, I, um, I was gonna say basically, it's. Uh, the the main character it's essentially just a character study about somebody having ha- yeah. basically experiencing an epiphany of all the horrible things he's done to people mm-hmm. and the the old man the emperor who's kind of kicked down by his sons who's just like you're you're nothing now like like yeah. basically just completely going away from him he is he's stuck in the situation that all all of his victims kind of were like there are situations where he's like in like a poor man's it's like the prince house, and the pauper like, or yeah, something yeah, yeah, he keeps guns yeah and he's he's traveling all along and he's seeing people who he victimized he's he's experiencing so many emotions and he barely says any words once he like realizes like that deep regret he has for his whole life in that scene where the where his two sons armies that kicked him out wipe out his whole army and he's like realizing like i like how much he regrets everything and then he walks away and then he it's just increased by like seeing people that he's hurt throughout his life there's a a blind boy that he when when basically his uh sons have overrun him run him out of the yeah they just castle. let him go they, they let him go they kill his entire they basically say you're nothing you know we have the power now and um which is also just a huge it's an obvious one but it's a how absolute power corrupts oh absolutely, absolutely yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean he basically he basically his sons became who he was yeah exactly. it, and it bit him on the ass and um but, but now he's that victim right but he finds shelter in a a, a, a boy's uh you know house and this is a man's house and he reveals to him that um he's a blind kid who um he when he was conquering killed his mother his father 
his, sis, his sister's still alive. Is the sister still alive? Yeah, I think so. sister's the one still alive, but he said that he would only let him live if he would cut his eyes out. And so he's basically face-to-face with his own past, with his own horrible past when he yeah. meets this kid. And now he's basically in that guy's position. Now he's basically back. Yeah, because he's, he's no one. I mean, there's no family. He's, you know, gone. Um, you're, you're probably going to know what I'm, I'm talking about, what, what movie I'm thinking of, but... When I was thinking of a movie that I kept thinking about this movie in the language of cinema, cinematic auteurs, and what movie this reminds me so much of, do you know what what I'm thinking of? Uh, well, you talking about the Irishman? The Irishman. Yeah, we were. I think. About, I yeah. think. I think. This gangster is, films are also kind of derivative of samurai. Well, films ki- as well this, so. to me, this is Kurosawa's Irishman, and the reason I say that is because the Irishman is Scorsese was a director who did so much more than just gangster movies, but he will always be known as the gangster movie guy, and so he uses his most famous uh, in his old age. He uses his most famous genre, genre yeah. to do a reflective piece on age, on the effects of the move of looking at the effects of um, what similar characters had done in previous films, but through the lens of an old man, and looking back and going, oh my god, what, what have I done? What have I done in my life? And and I think that's what Rand kind of is, because, again, Kurosawa did not only make samurai films, but he's most famous for that. Yeah. And I think he's using the story to be a reflection of age and be a reflection of, of his film Rather than be like this epic, cool... Yeah, it, it's, it's a reflection of the films of his past through the yeah. lens of someone who regrets what they've done. It's it's pretty incredible, too, because you see how, like, he doesn't really talk for, like, half of the movie, the main character. No. He doesn't really talk for half the film. Because There's after, a good chunk when he's, like, He's dead silent dead for a lot inside, of yeah. And, and, then, and then afterwards, he's just kind of babbling about mm-hmm. random stuff. Like, mm-hmm. he's just... It's just regret and, like, insanity mm-hmm. and stuff. And... He's already dealing with the idea of he's all alone, his family doesn't care about him, nobody cares about him because he chose this whole life of just power and corruption and hurting people. And when he thinks he's about to die inside that place, he's already reaching a point where, like, he's going through, like, an insane epiphany where, like, he's about to die. You mean during the big battle? Yeah. yeah. And he's having this insane epiphany about, like, how, like, he could never redeem, like, redeem anything he's done. Like, no. he's just been such a horrible human being his whole life. And it's all led to nothing. Like, it's always said, like, the closer you get to death, the more you're going to regret about, like, things like, like, very long time ago in your past. And that's exactly what he's doing. But then it just gets worse and worse. And he just sees victims of what he's done. And it's like he just get, becomes, like, insane. Like, he's just going mad from it. Well, he also has this issue. He's so... He can't let go of grudges, either. He can't let go... Like, and that comes to haunt him, too, because... You know, the son who he banished, who, you know, wound up making... You know, finding... You know, landing on his feet and... Uh, living in at this other uh, castle tells him, look, they, they don't have your interest or heart. They're going to attack you. They're going to try to attack you at this castle if you go there. Mm-hmm. But if you come with me, I still love you and I promise I will But he's so, like, naive. He's so naive so, and yeah. so angry at his, that his son would dare challenge him that he's like, no, I'm going to go. You know, I don't, I, I will never uh, fall, I will never uh, fall for his tricks. And he he loses he doesn't real. he doesn't realize real love when it's you know it stares him right in the face and that's sort of i think the moment you're right the moment when he's he's in that uh, tower and it's burning just, like, and arrows flying he's a great shot where he's just staring he has a thousand yards staring into the camera and just whenever i see arrows i always think of the um you seen hero you ever seen hero hero it's made by the guy who makes that new um that new movie shadow Oh, I've never I I've heard of Shadow. I've never I've never You've seen You've never Hero. seen Hero though either? You would love Hero. Hero. It's it's like insane. Like there's literally a scene 
where <laughs> where there are okay. a bunch of people just sitting like drawling in sand mm-hmm. and there are like there's an invasion happening gently um yeah yeah i believe so uh, but there's like a teacher who's like who's like stay at your positions and keep on drawing and there's an invasion happening while they're doing it and there's just arrows flying through the beam people are just getting hit in the heads oh my like god. while they're just drawing and nobody's flinching oh my god and it's like insane that's what the yeah so when he's sitting there and he's yeah like, all the arrows are flying by it just makes me think of hero yeah yeah it's no it's it's stunning um it's a uh, it's it's great I mean. Sorry about sorry about the noises. Yeah, your dogs, <laughs> dogs, dogs playing it's with fine, our toys downstairs. Fine. I apologize, um, but no, it's it's yeah, it's it's so great and um, yeah, you're right. His realization that moment of what have I done and and um, that's the moment that kind of kills him. He's kind of quiet from that moment on in the movie. He is. That's the moment that really and that battle sequence is incredible. He looks like he's covered in ash for the I rest know. of the film. God, he looks like off. He, just... he looks like shit. <laughs> The whole he looks awful. Of the film. And the fool just makes fun of him. His like I, I love person. the fool. He's so great. Um yeah, he's just constantly like making jokes and like laughing at him and there's one point when he like makes a makes his crown out of bamboo for him. <laughs> like yeah. it's, a, it's great. Um but uh but yeah, it's um that that battle scene in particular was like stunning. It's like one of the most incredible scenes I've ever seen in a movie. Like the 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 sound drowns out for like five minutes and it's just music as the two two different armies come in and attack attack the uh you know the emperor's uh small battalion and mm-hmm. um they're just shooting. every army's color coded so you can oh my clearly God, it's see so them the, like, like the vibrant reds in this movie it's so the color awesome. the so color epic. palette in general just all the different armies so like oh one's blue, God, blue one's green one's and then red the, well the 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 good the sun Wait, one's yellow right well yeah yeah that's yeah, the thing the yellow su- red and yeah the blue. two suns that betray him are yellow and red and then the sun um that um, loves him the one yeah, that so you can just like clearly blue. tell like, yeah it's so and good and, and there's just these great like I mean it's it's interesting I think I was uh, Kurosawa was going was going blind when he was making this movie I mean he was real. I mean he was his vision was horrible um, which is so amazing because he's one of those visual filmmakers of all time I mean his his visuals are so iconic mm-hmm. um, and like it's so interesting. One, he's going blind, and two, he's a director who I was only accustomed to. I had not seen his color films. I had only seen his black and white films at this point. And to see how he used color, like yeah. a person who used black and white so perfectly, like I wouldn't want Seven Samurai or Yojimbo or Throne of Blood to be in color. They they're so perfect black and white. Mm-hmm. But to see him use color in such a great way, and like um, the fact, and again, the fact that he was going blind and that he would basically just have to have a paper next to him so close he could draw it. For his draws, storyboards for instance. Well, yeah, I was gonna say, I guarantee you, he gets a lot of that. Even though he's like going blind, I guarantee you, he gets so much of that, uh, the color and all that stuff from his storyboards. Because I even They're told you before stunning. how his storyboards are literally yeah. hand painted. Let me see if I can find some. They're incredible. Yeah, he hand paints them. Like it's said, most people do them on flashcards and they'll just mm-hmm. like draw them out, stick figures, whatever you want to do. Like I've seen Ryan Johnson's, those are funny. But um Oh yeah, they're stick figures. Those, yeah, stick figures. That's how um, that's how that. Sam Raimi does his too for yeah, Evil Sam Dead. Raimi it's like just the crappy too. Um but then some people go like full blown, like uh like Bong Bong Jun Ho. Yeah. Says, yeah, yeah. And um Look at uh, this Rand one. Look at that. Yeah, I know. It's insane. He uh he he does his like more detailed flashcard drawings and then uh Kira Kurosawa just goes the full mile. He does like just these fully hand painted These things. are amazing. I know. They're I'm incredible. I'm just looking through them and like and like 
Yeah, like the, look at the, the building the helmet when she puts the bamboo in it. I know. It's, it looks, it's, and it's so like, that's exactly what it looks like on screen. But the fact that he, oh, you can buy a book? He, he oh, goes, he go, did, did they have a book? I was looking around for one. I might have to get it, apparently. Hold on. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, I have to get that. Yeah, um, the Kurosawa book. But it's, well, it's all about Rand. It's the script of Rand with you, the storyboards. Oh, you should you, you should send me a link to that, too. I will. Because I actually oh I'm totally good at that. Because so I, cool. I was trying to find a book of his storyboards, because I, I was really into them. These are stunning. Uh, but he no. goes, like, the extra mile. It's like, why? you don't even need to have color for these. But he just, like, goes the full mile. They're, like, pieces like, of art on their own. These could be framed in a museum. Like, that's incredible. I mean, it, but he just has this... Yeah, it's stunning. It's so stunning. Oh, that's what I was going to say about Yojimbo. Um, one of the things I found fascinating about the battle scenes in this one is that there's a lot of uh, gunfire, there's a lot of guns, a lot of rifles, and I think we always kind of, as a West Western culture, when people say medieval Japan, we think of medieval Japan as the same time as like medieval Europe or, or medieval like, and I think it's fascinating because like, um, or medieval England, like it's fascinating because medieval Japan is like basically 1700s yeah so it's like there are gun there's gunfire and there's you know there's weapons that seem kind of because a lot of the battles in ran are, are all shooting like and also a lot of the stuff he does with guns i i, I oh the way the blanks are so cool they're like i wanted to say that a lot of the stuff he does with guns and like uh, same as i think with the youthful guy and uh, Jimbo. Jimbo, it's all based off of just john ford Stuff. Yeah, he's taught. He, I love. Curious, he love. He's John Ford's one of his favorite filmmakers. So humble. It's yeah. pretty amazing. You he, hear him. He talks about John Ford, and he literally says he's like, "I will never be able to hold like a candle to John mm. Ford." And now he's like just known as like one of the greatest filmmakers ever. I know. <laughs> and, and even at that time, he was still looked at as like this amazing. Oh, and filmmaker. as people get older, people, I think, I think, as our country especially, we kind of look back on. Well, were they were they as important as we say? I think John Ford's one of those directors who were kind of like. I think there's an I sort of a. I think he's still a great filmmaker, of course, but I think there's a kind of idea of American exceptionalism that we kind of push aside yeah. with John Ford. But I mean, if you ask people my age, who is more important than them? Kurosawa more than Ford, yeah. I think. And Kurosawa uh, just can never. He I love how he, he can yeah, never accept so, it. Even even, like, even in his old age. That. I mean, I saw an interview with him right before when he released, um, not Ran, the one before it. Oh, shit, I can't remember if it's the K, um, the one that came out before, the one produced by uh, Lucas and Coppola. Um, I don't remember the name, but uh, but he uh, he talks about um, when people ask. Like, there's a video of like, well, what would you, what advice would you give to filmmakers? And he's like, oh, just do it your own way. He's they shouldn't be listening to me. It's like, dude, of course you fucking listen. Your career crossed out. You're one of the greatest <laughs> filmmakers of all time. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I just I adored Ran and, and Ran features um, Ran really got to me emotionally. I think other than Seven Samurai, it's the one that really like kind of got me tearing up a couple times and it's the the moment when i think after all this darkness of yeah, we're cool spoiling it we spoiled the past too so who gets yeah yeah we spoiled cool uh sorry um but ran um there's a moment when the the son the good son that you haven't seen throughout the whole movie finds his father finds the emperor and he runs up to him and he's like you know it's me dad it's me it's me and he's just like, no, no, you hate me, you hate me, you hate me, like you, you hate me just yeah. like the other two. You hate me. I'm, I'm, I'm a horrible person. You know, I, you hate me. And he's like, no, no, Dad, I love you, I love you. And it's like, so, like I got, I was getting like chills. I was getting like so teary eyed in that moment. I'm a sucker for like father son like relationships and movies. And um, it's so good, and 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 it's so heartbreakingly sad because you know the second he gets in that horse, and he's walking, he's with his dad, and he says, uh, he says. 
you know, we can start over, you know, we can, we can, yeah, they're up. talking about like how like, they oh, it's going to be like, great. And you, together. you know that, you know, with all the armies still out there, like this is not going to end well. And he just, and he just gets shot, you know, right before they can reconnect. And it's like, oh, dad basically just like, dies from like, sheer and he dies of sheer heart attack. It's like heartbreak and he dies next to him and, um, next to his son. And then the movie just ends with like, I mean, it's. In the same way, this movie, ends with, this movie ends with a really um, interpretation heavy yeah, ending, which I love, which is great. It, it works really well for what it's going for, but it's um. <laughs> if you can't hear it, it's my cuckoo clock again. I apologize. Uh, but <laughs> um, it ends with that, that. Is this is Halloween plays quietly in the background while we're talking? <laughs> about, yeah. It ends with um with the blind guy standing on top of like a castle wall and he has a picture of Buddha and throughout the entire movie there are constant references to Buddha mm-hmm. and how like you know Buddha's watching over us or Buddha is nowhere to be found. I think Buddha is or yeah Buddha's, Buddha's he's forsaken us yeah he's forsaken us that's why this war is happening that's why all this betrayal and kids don't care about their dads and things like that and um I remember I was kind of confused by the ending I remember you had an interpretation I know the internet's got interpretations I know. There's just there's like there's like two or three different. Well, the the final image of the movie is it's a uh, it's the blind guy dropping. Well, well, before that, that we see the, the the people carrying the bodies of the it's a funeral to uh, you know ceremony yeah. for the two the, for the son and the and the emperor and their um, bodies and we didn't even talk about the girl the wife. Yeah, yeah. He was basically like manipulating one of the kingdoms. Oh my leaders. god, that's a whole other subplot that's incredible. Um anyway, I'll get to that. Sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the final image of the movie is um oh my god, I can't believe that's like the best stuff in the movie. Um uh the final image of the movie is the blind kid I was talking about earlier whose the eyes were cut out by the by our main character and he's standing there with a cane and he's he has a scroll in his hand of Buddha and he walks to the it's an incredible image and he walks to the edge and he kind of trips a little bit because he gets to the edge yeah. and he can't see it. And he drops the and he just drops the. Um, he's standing in the rubble of a, of what used to be his, the castle he lived at before yeah. it was destroyed by um early character. And he drops the scroll Buddha, and it just falls to the ground in the darkness. And the camera lingers on it, and then it lingers on him standing there by himself, alone. And to me, it's it's sort of just a a, a a doubling down of what was been said earlier about how Buddha is forsaken this place. I mean, there is no there is no good anymore. I mean, even the good people of the story die. Even the when the father recognizes, oh, I've done bad, he gets he dies. Like it, it, it to me, it is the Kurosawa's most depressing finale I've seen because it's just him saying there is there will never there will never truly be hope there will always yeah. be darkness there was it's so depressing there, there will always be um the need for power which will destroy those around him and and and, and, se- and until that stops there is no hope for a spiritual help or a buddha a buddha be coming to to a forsaken place and um so basically this blind boy is is lost Lost nah. without Buddha. Lost without Buddha, and now he's just a piece of the rubble. I like the idea that just it... like the ending of oh, my favorite Twilight Zone episodes. Um, I, oh, I forget what it's called. All the time in the world. Very similar finale. Um, I, I like the idea that like Buddha has just like on purposely forsaken these people just because of how like cruel and evil they are and mm-hmm. how power corrupted they are, and I, I just I just dig it. It's like it's uh... it's so good. It's so good. Uh, we didn't talk about the wife who uh very similar to um. Throne of Blood, there's a Lady Macbeth character um, who, there is the oldest brother who gets shot um, uh, in the in the, pow, in the bow, battle to uh, taking over his dad, taking yep. over, and you find out that um, he was killed by his 
younger brother's army mm-hmm. so that they could get him into power. And when he gets into power, um, he uh, uh, begins to see his uh, brother's wife, uh, who, is, who would be his sister-in-law, I guess. Uh, and she basically tells him, like, they basically have sex, and she says, now that you've had sex with me, you have to kill your wife um, if to prove you love me. And I want her head here, and I want, and then she's like, and then I want you to take over. I want you to find your father. I want you to kill him so there's no threat to any of your. Yeah, it's just this girl. And then I want you to start battle. It's with... just this girl in like a worse position that's trying yeah. to get into power, like just showing like these, like you know, like in the and her power is literally making her betray against the person that she just had sex with, and yeah. she's trying to like corrupt him too and make her make him fall to her will. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's like betraying family literally just for the idea of like this person who's just grabbing your balls. Yeah, it's it's like, it's yeah, like yeah, they'll they'll risk it. everything and. <laughs> It's, uh, it's crazy. I mean, um, there's a great moment. The, 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 the kind of code of this, per- that, that, that subplot is one of, um, I think. One of it, his, like, henchmen. His, 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 I think he's, like, the captain of his guard. Um, thinks he's, like, pathetic. Thinks he's pathetic. He's like, what are you doing for this? He's, you're you're wasting for, this, for this, this, this woman who's yeah. manipulative. And there's a great scene when she asks for the head of his, of his real wife. And he sends him off to do it, and uh, he brings back the head of a of statue of a fox yeah. instead. And she freaks out, and he's like, well, I always heard that in stories, you know, they turn into fox. And she gets so pissed at him, and she's like, you need to, you know, make he's a traitor. And um, so during the battle, when it starts to all go to shit, um, the captain of the guard runs into her uh, room and says, you know, well, he finds out that she ordered reordered the death and he actually actually did have the wife killed um with her head in the and he runs in he goes all this is your fault everything that's happening outside is is terrible and she basically says i have no shame and whatever and he just fucking cuts her head off and it's like the image oh my god it's like the image of the blood just splattering across the the wall the white wall as he stands there and then he just and then he just looks at his uh at his his uh his lord you know and says look we're about to die and this is your fault there's nothing i can do about it and we're gonna get overrun wrong all get killed and that's the that's the end of their story and it's like holy shit it's just so good like that's a movie on its own that's what's so yeah. crazy about rands like that that's a movie in itself you like, feel like well you, everybody's got their own stuff yeah it's, it's like so well done it's i mean it's a two hour 45 minute movie so it's one of his longer ones but it's not seven samurai long but yeah it's it's just great um uh, yeah, it's it's honestly one of my favorite movies, and the colors, the visuals, the everything about it. The score is beautiful. Um, yeah, I, I don't. The intro is great. I love how the intro just cuts right into basically like showing this aging emperor, yeah. and it's like, oh, now he's just well, gonna pass down. That's the scene I wanted to bring up too. Is that you? You you are as an audience member, you are immediately in the same mindset as the emperor because you don't know the context of the relationship with the other sons. That you're like, why is this younger son being such an asshole? He's being such a he's being so because he's very mean to him in that moment very tough to him in that moment and and you you understand they would be like yeah you'll fucking banish this guy he look and your my initial thought is oh this guy's gonna come back and get, betray him and that's gonna be the start and it's not yeah but, it's not at all it's but literally what's, the polar opposite so what's so much. great is the setup for that is there's this one moment when um before that big argument they're all sitting around and debating who's gonna be whose wife to the you know married to his sons and his, son, his youngest son the one who gets banished says a snarky comment and they're like hey don't say that and it gets quiet, and it gets awkward, and you know there's a lot of tension there. And then the emperor just falls asleep. He's old. He falls asleep mm-hmm. right in the middle. 
And in that moment, the young son, before they leave, goes, wait. And he grabs a, a piece of uh, a giant um, branch and puts it next to his dad so he has shade. And it's just that little moment. It's like that shows you that he still cares. He loves his dad. He loves his father. He cares deeply about him, even if he disagrees with him, even if he thinks he's foolish. Like, he loves him because he does the one thing that no one else would have done. None of those sons would have done. And they're just – and you tell in that moment what frustrates his son is not so much the the concept of what his dad is saying before the big fight and that that we're all saying together – is that he, he's frustrated because he knows the people around him when they're bugging him about, oh, you need to marry, you should marry your... They don't care about him. Yeah, they don't. They just they care, care about they, the passing of they power. They care about the passing yeah. of power. And, and to him, it's like, the, no one cares about my father as a person. Like, And I'm the only person who who does. And, and cares about like the will of like, yeah, his health, I think, everything. I think of that moment when he sticks the branch next to his dad like a lot. I think that's just such a beautiful moment. It's such a great setup. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a To show, like, oh, show he, he does care. And foreshadow the yeah, eventual events sh- of, like, him ca- actually caring. deeply cares him. about his dad and is about his father, and it's... I mean, he doesn't even have to beg to be able to, like, come back. No, no. It's like he just accepts him wholeheartedly. Love it. Yeah, it's it's terrific. Um, All of these movies are pretty great. You can pretty much... You, well, some, the, like, I would say... Well, I pretty much everyone we mentioned except uh, Ran... Yeah. Or well, was, I was going to say every single one of them is pretty much like perfect. Oh, pretty perfect, yeah. I was going to say, but they're all available. If you have a Criterion uh, channel a subscription, which you should, it is a streaming service that I have neglected for too long. It's fucking yeah, awesome. We should do this in every single pod, just, just recommend Criterion. We should. It's, it's fucking like, awesome. Criterion but, channel is great. I, I pay I pay mine. I do mine yearly, so I pay 100 bucks a year. Yeah. And it's a pretty good deal. It's actually. awesome. I mean, I was, I don't, like, I was, Criterion did their um, Blu-ray um, sale recently, and I was like, I, I'm glad I started using Criterion Channel more because I realized if there's movies that I haven't... Because I like buying movies I haven't seen on Criterion yeah. sometimes because I'm like, I want to you know Absolutely. own something different. and You know if it's a Criterion, it's not like buying any other crappy blu I've never seen. It's like, oh, this is going to be something at least interesting. It's going to be special, yeah. It's going to be special and interesting and the packaging is always perfect. Um, but I realized I'm, I stopped buying... Uh, I'll stop buying the Blu-rays if I see they're on Criterion Channel first, because I'm like, well, I'm paying for Criterion Channel, and I think it's just a streaming service I neglect too much. It has yeah. has literally, Pe- I would say, it has probably like 75 to 80% of their collection. People also tend to underrate that Criterion Channel has things from all different genres, so you should always know that, like, even if you're like an action buff or something, they got yeah. all these different, like, fantastic movies and like things like i was i'm like halfway done with like 50s I'm, horror I'm still halfway stuff. Done with like yeah. police story but There's police animated. story is like fantastic police story is awesome yeah and 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 i i like to make a point especially with the samurai stuff and the action whenever i watch these like foreign or like i guess you could say like uh like asian japanese whatever um probably shouldn't say that's whatever but like you know like just like uh like old asian action films like mm-hmm. whether it be like uh chinese japanese they always put like so much effort into the scope and the idea of like what the action is that like even when I compare it to like great American action films, it's comparing apples and oranges to me. Like so often, like I I, I think of like what are some of the greatest action films ever in like American history and uh, or in film history in America, and it's like I look back on like uh, let's take like, you take like the nineties, take like Terminator Two, sure. so some shit. You compare Terminator Two. And I, and I love Terminator 2. Terminator 2 is awesome, and it's got some fantastic scenes. But I compare that to, like, even, like, just, like, the intro of, like, Police Story. And it's, like, me literally just comparing, like, two different things. Oh, I, well, I, I was telling someone, too. Some of my favorite films ever are the, uh, or my, some of my favorite action films ever are the Raid movies. I need and, to watch those. And I think those are just insane. Like, well, I, I couldn't even compare, like, you see, like, John Wick nowadays, it makes him look, like, John Boring. 
Oh, oh. Uh, no, I uh, <laughs> that was so lame. Uh, I watched. Uh, no, I was. I was about that too. It's. It's funny. I um. It's funny you say John Wick because I was watching Police Story one and two, and I'm like, the action in these are so fucking is so fucking good that it makes There's so me, much effort put into. And, them. and I know, and it, it makes me judge like I. I can't get excited by even like great American action scenes anymore because I can tell where the cuts are. I can tell where it's like, oh, when you watch Jackie Chan, you're like, oh my god, that's like all one shot or like it's all a static the, the, shot where he just throws a guy through a window and it's like, holy like, shit, car, the fucking like cars driving through like fucking yeah, town, just smashing through it. It's it's fantastic, and I think that that action is so underrated, at least in American society in like modern day. It's like so underrated. Yeah. And so I, I strongly recommend a Criterion channel. Yeah, it's so great. All and you get all the and you get the, and, and bring it back. You get, you get all you get basically every Kurosawa movie up until like nineteen seventy. Yeah. You get like all of them. So it's it's great. Um their director collections are amazing. Um, yeah, they got they got some fantastic. We should like, be like Alfred sponsored Hitchcock's. by Criterion Channel. Yeah, now. they should. They should sponsor us. Few, like a, they don't movie. got Harry Potter, but hey, <laughs> you know that's HBO Max, baby. Uh, which also HBO some, Max actually has quite a few of these movies. They as have well. a lot of Criterion. Yeah, they have a deal. They with have Yojimbo on there. Yeah. Um, I think they actually have Rashomon. They do have Rashomon. Mm-hmm. I believe so. Mm-hmm. They have Rashomon and Yojimbo. So two of the movies that we mentioned, they do have. I don't know if they have Sandra. I would be surprised if they did. Criterion Channel or HBO Max? HBO Max. Uh, yeah, they might not. But, um, I, but yeah, I mean, it's they still have a lot of good stuff. And yeah. If so. you only have HBO Max, strongly recommend checking out Rashomon and Yojimbo for mm-hmm. sure. And then Ran is probably the hardest one to find. Uh, I found it on Apple. I, I found it on Apple TV too. What was it rented for like five bucks? Uh, I think it was three ninety nine. Well, three ninety nine. So yeah, checking it out. That's really good deal for it. But um, anyway, yeah. So Kurosawa. Uh, basic final things. Uh, I totally get the hype. <laughs> for I was, was amazing. I, I I tweeted when I, I saw see Hidden Fortress so badly. Me too. That's one we need to watch. That's one of the Samurai ones. That's a good one. Yeah. I um I tweeted when I watched Seven Samurai for the first time. It's like so funny when I watch a movie that I love that has been beloved that I've been told is amazing for so long because I just feel like it's I I wrote like me. Oh my God, Seven Samurai is so good, and it's like six decades worth of film historians. Yeah. We we fucking know it's amazing yeah. so but yeah it's great um anyway so what uh, do you recommend so my recommendations are going off of samurai films i'm recommending gangster films mm-hmm. so i picked one from each decade okay it's gonna be from the 70s up till 2010 so it's five movies where are they again um so each movie the 70s one is the french connection seen it um that's not really a gangster movie though well, it popped up whenever I looked up fucking... It's more of a cop films. movie. Okay, but well, whatever. Fuck you. All right. Way to, way to already shit on my fucking whole entire list, all right? 80s is... Uh, 80s is Once Upon a Time in America. Never seen it. 90s is Goodfellas. Seen it. 2000s is City of God. Seen it. Very depressing. 2010s is Killing Them Softly. Seen it. I was bored out of my fucking mind, but I was also 13 and dumb, so I want to watch it again. So it's going to be those 14. five movies, and... So I'm assuming you'll at least get something out of two of them, and I'll get something out of all of them because I've only seen half of them. I'm sure I'll get some. I, I, there are a couple of those I still want to rewatch. I, I, I would I'll rewatch City of God. I only watched it, I watched it a little less than a year ago at um, my film my uh, was it my was well my I just remember space. hearing things in my film class about how amazing the lighting is. It's beautiful. It is um, like I think the lighting is something that was like that's been already been like taught in, like film schools for like yeah. how, like amazing. Prepare prepare to be really fucking depressed. It is um it is a brutal movie. It has one scene that is probably one of the hardest things I've ever watched in a movie. Um so yay. Cool. Yay. <laughs> yay. Uh but it's great. Uh and uh, yeah, all those are great. Um and then we'll get right back on track to schlock after this. I don't... I have something planned. I wouldn't necessarily call it schlock. 
but it's definitely less less. It's not. It's not. It's the, less classic than Kurosawa, like classic yeah, and gangster like, films and things. Like you ever that. seen French Connection? No, it's great. It's. I've a, never seen. I've never seen any one of these. Except I've seen half of Goodfellas. That's crazy. I probably saw. I probably seen. That's okay. I have a movie. Films. I have a movie that I want to do a whole episode on that I've never seen. That is kind of like crazy. I've never seen all the way through. It's Apocalypse Now. I've never seen Apocalypse Now all the way through. Oh yeah, you haven't. It's one of the few oh, Coco yeah, movies I've watched, never seen. Yeah. I've never seen it. I've never seen Pocket Snow through. Brilliant. I know it is. I just, I just, it's another one of those movies I feel like I've seen because I know so much about it. I've heard so much about That's it. That's kind of a good film. Seen so many scenes, also, yeah. yeah. I've seen um, a lot of stuff from it. So but no, I always um, think I have. Yeah. No, uh, French Connection is great. I, I love William Friedkin, so, I mean, he's directed The Exorcist, so it's like my favorite movie of all time. And it, he's really good. Um, uh, yeah. Well, The Exorcist is boring, Josh. They're making a remake Fuck next you. year. It's, it's so, so boring. Well, they they got to make a remake. Oh, we gotta do, I got to do Exorcist 3 on this show at one point. Um, you gotta do just do just literally. October is gonna you, be you horror. Were, you were talking about how you wanted to do like uh, different horror trilogies or whatever. You should just take a bunch of the a bunch of like ran even if they're sequels. Just take a bunch of like 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 you were talking about. You would like how you'd love the fly too. Like just do things like. Oh no, like, you wouldn't. Fly too's garbage. Wait, you told me I'd love it because it's just like schlock. Oh yeah, you might love some of the. Yeah, stupid well, I was just shit. saying, just take a bunch of just take a bunch of like sequels to horror films you like and just throw them on like a big. Should pile. we? Should we? No, I don't do that. Well, is it okay? Would Would you be pissed if all of October was horror? Because I love. I don't care. I, I love horror. October is like I only watch horror movies in October. Yeah. So I've been watching horror movies already quite a bit. Cool, cool. Up to October. Well, then maybe I should save my next one for a, for October then. Yeah, I don't care. Change of plans. <laughs> We're giving you two first this next week. All right. What? I'm giving you. I'm giving you the week after that too. Right now. We're okay. doing Apocalypse now. The okay. week after the trilogy, after the gangster. We'll do a whole division. one on Apocalypse Now. Probably have plenty to talk about. The movie's really deep. So. Cool. So yeah, I'll watch Apocalypse Now, um, and then, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, cool. I'm excited about all those. I'm excited about all those. I'm, I'm really excited to watch Once Upon a Time in America. I've always wanted to see Once Upon a Time in America. Yeah. Cool. You never. Yeah, that one's. Yeah, that's one of the ones you haven't. Seen it's another one. It's one of those movies that's so fucking long. I've just never like. Now you're gonna have to. It's all right. I've seen. I've seen a good. Sh- I'm more. I'm more bummed for you because you have to watch all the fucking movies. I've seen. I've seen most of them. I'll probably watch a good chunk of them just so to get yeah, remember. It's Sudden been a while. Since killing them softly on Once Upon a Time. Yeah, I watched Killing Them Softly. I saw in theaters actually. I, saw I know you don't need to watch good rewatch Goodfellas. No, I've seen Goodfellas so, so many damn times. Um, uh, City of God. I'll rewatch. Probably watch. Um, I, I when I saw Killing Them Softly in theaters, I was bored out of my fucking mind, but. I think I was, it's great though. I hear it's. I hear it's, I'm sure I was like 13. I was looking 14. even up like most underrated films of the decade. No, so, it's. Like, I, remember, I remember. I remember there. It was visually stunning, and I'm sure I, I'd get so much more out of it now. Um, but I remember as a as a young kid, I was like, "This is boring." Cause the poster was like, "Breath uh, oh, of the shit." What we didn't do the singing. You want to do it now? Yeah, sure. I'll I'll make that the outro. You got okay. anything else you want to say? No, I'm just excited to see all the movies. I'm excited. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. And now Tyler will play us out. Play us out. What does that mean? Play us out. Like to end the show? Yeah. I was quoting Bill O'Reilly. Um, here comes Tyler with his Akira Kurosawa rap. Uh. Kurosawa. He can lick my sawa. Oh. He made ran. Ah. But I'd run away if he tried to lick my sawa. Kurosawa. Hey, hey. Uh, <laughs> Akira, 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 Akira Kurosawa, you gotta say Akirasawa. Boom. One boom, word. Boom. Akirasawa. That's his name, my boy, who made Rashomon, Yojimbo, and Sanjuro. He made a movie that has inspired many westerns. There you go. He. <laughs>
And Seven Samurai is... Oh, we didn't even talk about that one. Uh, so there you go. It's really good. Yeah. Rashomon. Dun, 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 dun. I did your mom. Shaman. I did all your moms. <laughs>